This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thank you for taking the time to join us on today. A special welcome to those of you joining us for the first time. And thanks to those of you who've been giving me feedback on this series. It was really, uh, this has been a different kind of series. And especially from the perspective that folks are used to when somebody's talking about UX, they're used to people talking about how to do the work. And those of you who listen to the show, you know that's not the only thing we talk about. But even this content, I think, is way off the beaten path from where I normally am because we're trying to put things on people's radar that are happening in UX that should not be occurring. We should not be permitting these things. We need to manage these things. We need to take a stand against these things. So think about it from the perspective that I heard something. I was watching a TV show the other day. I can't remember which show it was. But they were talking about how it was a some kind of medical discussion was going on. And they said, you can't begin the treatment until you know what it is you need to treat. And that basically is the spirit. It illustrates the spirit of what I'm doing in this series. I'm trying to call out a whole host of things that are happening. And these things did not used to happen. They, they were completely like... Well, the, the U.S. community was void of these types of things, and now they're running rampant. And it is pretty much up to us, for the most part, to address these things, to manage these things, to stop supporting them. Because a lot of people in the U.S. community see these things, they're either not concerned at all, or they don't become concerned until they're impacted by them. And if, you, if you're if you not bothered by something until it impacts you, eh, that's, that's, that's not ethical, especially in a, in a field that claims to revolve around empathy. So we need to be very ethical. We need to understand what we need to be doing, what we need to be standing against, what we need to be, be expelling from our core operation. And and a lot of these things, some of the things I'm mentioning have to do directly with the work, but many of these things don't, but they're still tied to the work in that they impact what we do. They impact the perception of who we are. They impact the value proposition, things of, things of, the, uh, of, uh, of these ilks, if you will. So these things are critical. Some people will say, oh, we don't need to be talking about this. That person has not been impacted. That person doesn't know. And none of us are supposed to be the prisoner of someone else's ignorance. So if you don't know, if somebody doesn't know that these things are accurate, that they're legit, that doesn't mean that they're not accurate. It doesn't mean they're not legit. It just means that you don't know. And the question is, if you don't know, why is it that you don't know? Because some people don't know because they just don't know. Okay, that's happens. Some people don't know because they don't want to know. Some people have ostrich effect bias. They see things and then they bury their head in the sand because they don't want to see it. They don't want to deal with it. And as I've said in other episodes before, there are a ton of cowards 
in UX today who don't want to say anything, who don't want to address anything. Some people don't want to say anything because one of their best buddies is guilty and they don't want to be the person to call out their best buddy. So they'd rather turn the other way, uh, which is in essence is hypocritical because if it was you that this, that these things were happening to, you'd want to take a stand against it. So we need to be better about these things. These things are critical if these things are allowed to operate, if they're allowed to fester, if they're allowed to grow, if they're allowed to mature, everybody will suffer. And everybody is suffering today because these things are happening. So, but let's get back to the list. I want to move a little faster today. We only covered two things last week. I'd like to cover one, two, three, four, five, six things today uh, with a few sub items. And of course, something else always makes makes its way into the list. But let's let's start off today by sort of backtracking. I talked last time about hiring expectations and how they were off base and I talked about some improprieties associated with how UX is hi- UX hiring is done today and I want to double back and there was something I should have covered with that set and I did not. So I want to start off with that by way of backtracking today and as we revisit the hiring process there's something I don't think I mentioned this last week. If I did, I'm repeating it, but I don't think I did. It has to do with who's allowed to participate. I believe I did talk about that. But in particular, specifically, juniors should not be allowed to participate in the interview process. Juniors do not know enough about the discipline to understand everybody that a company might interview. They can only relate to certain people. And so their biases will be off the charts and they will favor those people instead of judging everybody in more of an objective perspective. They, they will only gravitate to people who are in the same boat as them. And a lot of people are very neurotic. There's a lot of neurotic people in UX today. And when they, a lot of people who are newer in the discipline do not know how to relate to people who are more seasoned at all. And, and they avoid us and they cast us off and they try to find some excuse to, to ignore us instead of seeing connecting with us as an opportunity to grow, to sharpen their, their skills. So this kind of thing should not be these juniors don't know how to relate they don't know how to evaluate. They don't know how to judge what it is they're seeing and hearing. And and also, I know of situations, I personally have experienced situations before. I've heard people talk about situations where juniors are in the interview and, and they actually have no interest in the interview. They use the interview as some type of a vehicle to establish their ground a bit more. They they try to use the interview to show off. They try to use the interview to show how they're worthy or to get some kind of win for themselves, which is also another unethical move because it's it's actually an offense toward the person who's interviewing. So, when you come to an interview, you must be interested in learning about the person, learning about whether or not that person is a fit for your team, learning about how that person might gel with your team and trying to assess it, something that seniors aren't or juniors, I'm sorry, are not good at. So 
we need to be more, um, how can we say, <laughs> trying to find the right word here. Uh, we need to be more accountable. That's one word that comes to mind. We need to be more ethical. I'm using that word a lot, but it fits. Uh, it is grossly unethical to include juniors in the interview process. So the, please keep that in mind and let's try to do something to clean that up a bit. Next, next sinister trait that is at large in UX today involves indirect sanctions. There, there's, there've been attacks against senior UX practitioners for years, but now we have people who you would think that they are, or, or they are in many cases, or they, they present themselves as if they are seniors in the U S community. And these people are sanctioning attacks, sanctioning, leading, organizing attacks against other seniors. And it's really weird to see. And, and only other seniors will notice this for the most part, because you're more likely to notice when it's happening to you. If, if it's not happening to you from that perspective, you're not a real senior. You wouldn't have any idea what it is that I'm talking about. So only certain people will hear and, and understand what it is that I'm presenting at this moment. Everybody can put it on their radar. You can learn to spot it in a sense but when you see things that are going on, and I'm going to call out an article, a couple of examples here. There's an article that is said to be written by Jacob Nielsen, and it's called The Angst of UX, something on that on that line. And I was reading this article, and I've already, I'm already on record saying this, and he may hear this, somebody else may hear it. I really don't care. <laughs> because it's just, it's something that needs to be cleaned up. I doubt personally, this is me. I personally doubt that he's writing it. I have reason to believe that many of these blog posts, especially the volume in which they're coming out. I, I find it hard to believe that Jacob Nielsen is sitting around somewhere writing these things. I saw four new ones today alone. He's not churning out three or four blog posts a day just to try to make my point here. I think that they're being ghostwritten. That's just what I think about it. If he is writing it, I don't think he's writing all of it. And, and I'm just cover all grounds here. If he is, something is terribly wrong because there are some things that are being said in, in particular in the one about the angst of UX in that blog post in particular, there are some things that are being said that if you listen to them, if you take them for what's being said, you have no reason to take another course through NNG. If you listen to what's being said, there's one, one, one portion of that blog post where he says something on the line of referring to seasoned practitioners as the old guard and making claims that I've never seen any of these things, nor do I know anybody else who has seen people who go around attacking juniors. There's no real seniors. Remember, there's a bunch of people today who say they're seniors and they're not. So if somebody who says they're a senior but they're not does attack a junior, that's not a senior attacking a junior. I don't care what anybody's saying. If you have worked to get to a certain place in the discipline, you're not going around and 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 just 
attacking people and being grossly offensive and, and being cantankerous toward other people. This is I've never seen it in all my years. I've never seen it at all. When I was a junior, I didn't experience it at the hand of another senior. I flat out have never seen it. But in this article where Nielsen supposedly is writing about the angst of UX, he mentions this. And, and people keep calling out, oh, well, there's some great stuff in this article. Oh, and there's some stuff over here that where he's got data. I find it interesting that there is data, supposedly, in some places. But when you really look at the claims of data, that's not really data. Trends take place. It takes longer than a year for a true trend to take place. And, and there's some mention about hiring a year ago and hiring now. That's just a, a certain segment of time. You wouldn't refer to that as a trend. Trends have to take place over a longer period of time, not over six months. That's not what you'd call a trend. If hiring is different, yeah, call it out, but don't call it a trend. And then the supposed data is presented, but there's no source for the data. You're not supposed to present data and then and then don't say where the data came from. So there, there's something wrong with that. Then there are other statements made, such as seniors are doing X, Y, and Z to juniors, but there's no data to support that. No even faux data. Like I think that other stuff, is, it's faux data. F-A-U-X, for those of y'all who missed that. Faux data. There's no, there's not even an attempt at a faux data when it comes to some of the other things. He just says, whoever wrote this, just says whatever they want to say anytime they want to say it. And many of these statements are aspersion casting. It really has the voice and tone of a troll, which is why I think it was written by AI. I think the articles are written by AI and that somebody is just getting away with it. There's a lot of strange and questionable things associated with some of these articles. So I, for one, I'm not embracing them until I sit there and hear him say, yes, I wrote this A, B, C, D, and E. And then even then I'm still going to come back at him because there are some statements that are being made, as I said earlier, that are really sanctioning attacks on seniors. Why would Jacob Nielsen sanction attacks on seniors? There's a lot of aspersion casting statements some unethical statements, some inaccurate statements. And I don't think Jacob Nielsen would say anything inaccurate. I mean, it's really funny. And I mentioned to someone in a conversation earlier, I have a copy of one of Jacob Nielsen's first books. It's called Usability Engineering. When I look at usability engineering and I see the voice and tone to see how Jacob Nielsen speaks when he writes, the voice and tone in that book the voice and tone in other books that he has written and the voice and tone in these blog posts do not match. So something is wrong. Something is wrong. I know what I think it might be. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know that what I'm saying right now is accurate. The voice and tone is not the same and there's a problem, but my biggest problem and what I'm trying to address right now, those are all just little, little tidbits that I'm throwing in there. My concern is that there, some people are reading this stuff and, they, and then they get stink eye towards seniors. They believe the statements about the behavior of seniors and that those statements about seniors, 
are not true at all. Gazing at our navel in admiration, stuff like that. Jacob Nielsen wouldn't say anything like that. That is absolutely ridiculous. And folks need to stop embracing it at face value. It's, It's something's wrong. I mean, we're supposed to be critical thinkers. We're supposed to be academic thinkers. We're supposed to be asking questions. We're supposed to be trying to validate things. And then all of a sudden, people just believe things right off the bat. Something's even wrong with that. And that's another sinister trait at work today in UX. But this sanctioning, a bad thing. And then something that I personally have been uh, experiencing with regard to attacks on seniors, I, I, I interact with a lot of people in a lot of different places. And, and just in the last month, I have noticed, and not that it just started in the last month, it's just the way that it's been happening in the last month has been different because what I'm about to mention has been going on for some time. But people are trying to silence me and people like me, trying to keep us from talking about what we're talking about. And I actually just remembered some other instances where this happened. I actually had people, I've been at meetups where I was speaking and people would flat out just out loud say, Darren, stop talking about that. Or going back to 2011, when I said UX was under siege and people told me to shut up. So, so this has been going on for a while. Uh, only, only for what I, then, then what I'm saying gets proven out to be true, but eh, you know, that's another topic for another time, but to be in a meeting and to have people keep you from speaking because they don't want you to say anything, to have people assume that you're going to say certain things and then react as if what they thought you were about to say is really going to be said and then to try to stop you. I mean, you. I, I was in a meeting one day and I just, somebody said something and it made me chuckle. So I, I laughed a little bit. I wasn't even about to say anything. And, and somebody said, now, wait a minute. Now, just stop, stop. Let me get this out. I wasn't about to say anything. I, I don't know why the person responded the way they did. I just I just thought what was said was funny. So I, I chuckled a little bit and, and the person acted like I was about to get on a soapbox. It, it's, it's interesting how people don't want me to talk or they assume I'm going to talk a certain way. Um, even And I'm asking people, those of you under the sound of my voice right now who have done what I'm about to mention, uh, please take this the right way. Uh, but when people say, yeah, Darren, I know this is going to get under your skin, uh, but UX, UI, and, and we get a chuckle out of it, but don't assume that because you, because you say UX, UI, don't assume I'm going to respond a particular way. I'm listening for the context of the statement. I know a person is not about to, to, to approve of that. I, I already know that. And, and it's sort of, it, it's a running joke with some of us anytime UX UI comes up, but it's just amazing how people make an assumption and then they wave, they do basically wave a magic wand and it's as if what they assumed is actually true. That's sinister folks. That is insidious. And that type of thing needs to stop because we don't do anyone a favor when we misrepresent anybody. So there should never be a misrepresentation of who, of who someone is at any time. When I talk about character assassination, that's part of what I'm getting into. And it's bad for the discipline. 
It's bad for the individual that's being misrepresented. It's bad for the people who believe the misrepresentation, because if that person shouldn't be shouldn't be avoided, then why why would somebody? I mean, when somebody creates this 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 impression that there's an issue and people believe it, then they're going to behave inappropriately, and everybody loses, including the liar. Yeah, I said it, including the liar. Uh, everybody loses, so it's not it's not a good thing. So these these attacks on seniors, it's something that need the ship needs to be righted. Now I'll, I'll come back to this in a little bit, and uh, we'll move on because I'm I'm moving a little slower than I'd like to move uh, uh, today. Uh, next is this, and, and, yeah, and, and this is related. The whole boogeyman mindset. Th- this thing that this is this is number twenty five on the list. There's this boogeyman mindset that people are running around trying to say that folks are trying to keep them from getting into UX, that folks are trying to keep them from getting a job. Uh, the the one conversation, I believe I mentioned this last week, where I was talking about how that, that UX is more complex than some people are making it out to be. And then the person said, well, it doesn't have to be complex. It's complex, period. And there's a lot to be learned, a lot to master, uh, to the extent that you never stop learning. So if, if there's no way in the world, if it was simple, you could arrive. You, you do not arrive when it comes to UX. You will always continue learning. 28 plus years for me, I'm still learning. And everybody else who's been practicing, they're still learning. I don't care what level they're operating at, everybody's still learning. And that's because there are complexities it is a complex discipline, and there are complexities associated with each component within the discipline. So the person said that, and I said, well, these are fundamentals. And I love how another person said that these things, like the per- person referred to them, the detractor referred to the fundamentals as old school. And I love how somebody said, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, they responded by saying they're old school, but they're not obsolete. There's nothing obsolete about usability. There's nothing obsolete about heuristics. There's nothing obsolete about information architecture, about a whole ton of UX research methods and methodologies. There's nothing obsolete about Tognazzini's interaction design principles. There's nothing obsolete about any of these things. There's just a bunch of people that don't want to learn them. But there's nothing obsolete. There's no reason to ignore them. And to a great extent, they have been ignored. I was interacting with someone else on on LinkedIn earlier today about the fact the person said they were talking about UX writing and they said, should we be calling ourselves content folks? And I can't remember the exact term there, but the focus was on the term content. And I chimed in and I said, absolutely. You should stop calling yourself UX writing people because the work that UX writers are doing is not UX writing. The problem with the title is and the person called out the fact that some people just harp on the title. You're working in UX. Get a proper nomenclature. <laughs> you can't you work in you you can't work in UX and use improper nomenclature. You're shooting yourself in the foot. You're telling people you're not who you say you are just by doing that. I did an earlier episode where I I read job descriptions for UX writing jobs. What they are doing is information architecture and content strategy. 
please throw out the UX writing title. It is a misrepresentation. It will cause some people to oversimplify that and then react to the oversimplification. Get rid of the title. Stop embracing titles that don't represent who you are. Some of of the things that are happening to us in UX, we're doing it to ourselves. That's another sinister uh, element in UX, that there are people, we don't eat our own dog food. Use UX principles when it comes to naming your, your, your setting out your titles, for God's sake. Get rid, we need to get rid of UX writing as a title tomorrow. And if you're a content strategist, which is what most UX writers are, if you're a context uh, a strategist, then be a content strategist and tell people that's what you are. They're going to understand who you are. Don't say you're a policeman if you're a cook. Don't say you're, you're a, a, a construction worker if you're a doctor. Don't say you're a plumber if you're a hairdresser. It, I mean, it's say what you are. You're a content strategist that happens to do some information architecture work as well because much of what they do, it's all content strategy and information architecture. And somebody had the, the, the terrible idea to call these people UX writers. And it, it, it's really done nothing but hurt the discipline. And again, because people, they don't bother to know the history, they don't bother to understand the fundamentals, and they keep recreating things, rebranding things, and people get hurt when that gets done. But at any rate, long explanation. This whole boogeyman mindset where they're trying to say that people are blocking folks is such a misrepresentation because nobody's blocking anybody. I dare you to show me somebody that's blocking your entry in the UX. You cannot find it, especially when they aim it at people like me. We're not blocking anybody. We're trying to show you how to get in. We're trying to show you what to do. We're trying to show you how to go about things the right way. When somebody's trying to direct traffic, you don't get angry. Look at them. They're trying to show us where to go. They're trying to keep us out of that street. Are they trying to keep you out of that street because you shouldn't be on that street? What are they really trying to do? So all it does is create this boogeyman persona. And then you got all these people who are trying to come into UX that spend a whole bunch of time and waste a whole bunch of energy running from a boogeyman. And, and, and just like it is in real life, there is no boogeyman. When we were kids, we thought the boogeyman was in our closet. We thought the boogeyman was under our bed. We thought the boogeyman was here. We thought the boogeyman was there. And there was no boogeyman. And there was no boogeyman then. And there's no boogeyman now. And until people will relinquish that, until they renounce that concept and, 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 and get rid of that, 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 that falsehood, problems will continue to exist. And people you should be embracing, you will reject and that is setting you back. The interesting thing is that the people who try to reinforce the boogeyman mindsets are people you should be avoiding. They're the people <laughs> that we need to get away from. Stop stop watching their YouTube videos. Stop with their, their podcast, their blog posts, whatever they're doing. These people who are trying to get ahead at your expense, that's what they're doing. So they want you to be afraid of a figment of their imagination. They want you to do that. Because that works out well for them. Me and other people like me, we're trying to empower you. We're trying to help you grow. We're trying to establish you. We're trying to help you be successful. We're trying to help you achieve what we have achieved. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And people who who really are exercising common sense, I know common sense isn't common, but 
rot with me. <laughs> uh, people who are uh, have the proper EQ, they'll understand this. So let's 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 make sure we understand that today. And and you know what? We're not going to get through this list. I tried. We're not going to get through this list. I'm just going to touch on one more, and we're going to leave it at this for today. There are far too many people in UX today, and this is on the same line of because the people who spread the boogeyman mindset, the people I talked about who who sanction attacks on seniors, the, many of them are also coddlers. I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of cowards in UX today. And a lot of these, these cowards, they do not want to tell you what you need to know. I, I have a blog post on the UX Uncensored blog on Medium, uxuncensored.medium.com. And it's called, There's a Nail in Your Tire. And, and there's a lot of people, when you have a proverbial nail in your tire, there's a lot of people that don't want to tell you, you have a nail in your tire. They'd rather, they, they don't want to make you feel bad. They don't want to be a Debbie Downer. They don't want to ruin your day. They don't want to wipe a smile off your face. If you have a nail in your tire, it is of the utmost importance that you find out because and and take action about that nail in your tire. Again, we're talking about a proverbial nail in the tire, a metaphorical nail in your tire. Because if you keep trying to travel with that nail in your tire, you could have a blowout. You could suffer bodily harm. You could lose your life. You could cause somebody else to lose their life. And these accidents, again, proverbial, metaphorical, accidents are things that we want people up and coming in the discipline or establishing the discipline. We want these people to avoid these things. So when we tell you that you need to get rid of the title UX writing and focus on content strategy because that's what you are, and content strategy and information architecture were both ignored for the most part for at least the last 12, well, about the last 12 years or so. They just vanished into oblivion. And so if we could restore those disciplines, do you realize how much we'd all benefit? So, so this is some fantastic stuff. But the Cotlers, they don't want to tell you that. They don't want you to feel bad. And they'd rather rally you to their cause in the name of allowing you to continue to, to feel your warm fuzzies, to continue eating your cotton candy and playing with your unicorns, they'd rather let you do that than tell you what you need to know, whatever that thing you need to know is. These coddlers, and somebody's saying, what, what is coddling? Darren, I'm, 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 I'm missing this. Help me out. Coddling, basically, four quick definitions. Uh, it, the, the babying or pampering someone. Of course, unjustifiably. And somebody, you shouldn't be babying a 30-year-old person. They're not a baby. So if you treat them like a baby, when you say that's inappropriate, you better believe it is. It's disrespectful, and it's actually an act of hatred. It's very hateful to not tell somebody what they need to know to allow them to go on and suffer because of what you fail to tell them. So the coddlers, but they rather, they don't want to tell you what you need to know because they don't want to be the one to tell you because they're cowards, they're afraid. And they don't want to tell you because they don't want to make you feel bad. And so they just let you go on your way and you you got a nail in your tire. You got a problem. You're 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 a stone's throw away from a hat from from some type of a catastrophe. Not good. Uh definition number two. Um pampering and spoiling someone. Little overlap on this one, but that's okay. 
pampering and spoiling someone through excessive indulgence. They just go over the top, just bend over backwards to try to make the person feel good, feel welcome. You know what that what that kind of behavior is is the norm in cults. You know, where you turn in cults, they turn people's critical thinking off. Sound familiar? They make people feel good at all costs. Sound familiar? They want to make people feel like they're part of a family, especially if they've been rejected a lot before. Sound familiar? Where they accept you no matter what you bring to the table and they never call you out about anything. Sound familiar? That kind of stuff goes on in cults. It's also popular in UX circles today because of the cotling. So definition number three, and we sort of already touched on this, but I got to say it because it's definition number three, uh, being unwilling, calling someone is being unwilling to tell someone what they need to hear. Not a good thing. When somebody needs to hear something for their good, tell them, have enough respect for someone, care about somebody enough to tell them what they need to hear. It, it, it just, that's just a humane thing to do. And then the last definition, overindulgence and sparing someone's feelings. Do you care about someone's feelings more than you care about their well-being? If you do, that is dysfunctional and that is an act of coddling when you spare their feelings cuz you'd rather not you'd rather not impact that again, a little bit of overlap, but this kind of variation in the in the definitions is important to know. So, don't spare somebody's feelings. You know, I hate to tell you this, but but I care about you enough and I respect you enough to let you know, yada, yada, yada. This is what we need to do. And there's not enough of this happening in UX. And the coddlers make the people willing to tell somebody what they need to know. They make us out to look like the bad guys. And then people want to avoid us. They, they engage with aversion toward us because they don't want to feel a particular way. And, and it's amazing because these people want to act like everything is great when actually all that underhanded behavior and unethical behavior is causing a lot of problems and they're mounting and mounting and mounting the entire time. So pretty, pretty crazy stuff. These are the traits that we wanted to cover today. Uh, we actually want to cover a couple more, but we simply just don't have the time. We're trying to keep these on the shorter side. So we hope you digest these. We hope you take them to heart. We hope you understand that we're saying these things for the good of the UX community. We're saying these things for your own personal benefit. Thanks to those of you who have been kind enough to share how this series has been impacting you. We've still got a little bit of a ways to go. We are about close. We're close. Oh no, we just crossed the halfway point. We, cro we, we crossed the halfway point today in this list but this list might still expand some more so please take these things to heart let's go to work in ridding ourselves of these things and let's make the ux community a great place to be it's a fantastic discipline but we don't want it to implode from the inside out unfortunately because of these sinister traits that's exactly what's happening but let's do better shall we so that is all the time we have for today so until next time, this is Darren Hood, the host of The World of UX, signing off. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.